Okay, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, you know, one of the things that, you know, your handle is Mel Two Toes. Yes. On Instagram. Yes. And there's obviously a, a very good reason for that. And um, I wanted to make sure we cover that story because yeah. it's something that, again, like, I don't know that I've covered in depth with you ever. Yeah. And it's um, a huge part of your life and who you are and why, again, you're even more inspiring than, you know, anyone would <laughs> would uh, care to to know probably unless they care to know whatever i'm saying it's just more inspiring even yeah you know to know that i'm always shocked when i talk to people who i've known for quite a while who know follow me on instagram Mm -hmm. and again it's mel tutos on instagram who are then like wait what like (laughs) (laughs) so i have two toes um it's not a cute i mean it is a cute thing but it's not like yeah, it's I not an inside joke. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, cause there is actually somebody else and I don't remember their name who has something two toes on Instagram. And I was like, oh, is this one of my people? And <laughs> they have 10 toes. Whatever. Oh Get out of here. God. With that Get trash. out of here. With um, <laughs> so, which again, yeah. Parkour and two toes, man, balance. And, um, there, I can talk for days about all of that, but, um, well, please, we got yeah. some time here, you know. <laughs> the background is that, um, so my husband's into big mountaineering, mm-hmm. and we met in uh, 99, and um, he was super into mountaineering. He mm-hmm. took me at my first 14er. Um, Which was? Uh, so in Colorado, we have these 14 mountains that are above 14,000 feet. Yeah. There are, you can argue how many, but <laughs> most people go by a list of 58 14ers in the state, mm-hmm. we call them. Um, so it's, again, a mountain above 14,000 feet. And um, he climbs those. He's summited each of them. He's now done, it's like over 614 or summits he's working on a project where he's he'll have climbed each one of them in every season um whoa yeah so this is his big thing like that's uh, (laughs) that's a lot yeah so um when we got together i started hiking with him um i'd always kind of been in nature uh, but i had never been into doing like big mountain hiking Mm -hmm. and started doing it with him and then we got married in 2000 um right in it yeah jumped (laughs) right in we did not we didn't wait around (laughs) um when you know you know sometimes you know you know hey (laughs) so um we got married may 6th of 2000 may 20th 2001 just after our one-year anniversary he and his dad and I and our dog went to climb Mount Evans, which is like the prominent peak you see from Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all just like, oh, this will be a fun warm up hike to get ready for summer. We've got huge plans for this summer for what we're going to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just jog out and get her done. <laughs> um, we saw that. So that was Memorial Day weekend. And we were going to go on Monday, Memorial Day, but saw in the forecast that there was going to be a big storm coming. And so we're like, oh, we'll just scoot it a day up and go on Sunday instead to miss the storm. Mm-hmm. And through bad navigation and just a series of, you know, slightly wrong decisions, we ended up getting partway lost. And it took us way longer to get to the summit than it normally would. Mm. Um, 
And so when we got to the summit, we could see that the storm was already, oops, sorry, just hit the mic. Um, <laughs> You're good. Uh, we could see that the storm was already moving in and we were like, yikes, this, this looks bad. So we started at that point, we could actually see the correct trail down started down um we're in this huge boulder field our dog can barely navigate through the boulders and the snow um the guys actually ended up cutting a poncho in half and stringing it under the dog's midsection and lifting her in between big boulders just mm. to get her through because you know this is before we had kids this is our baby we're not yeah. abandoning her up yeah there. yeah of course not so <clears throat> that slowed us down and by the time we kind of got down lower it was already a white out and oh um at the base of evans and Bierstadt, there's this area called the willows and it's just a big swamp land filled with willows and like a lake mm -hmm. and the willows are pretty tall um and they're everywhere it's just like giant shrubs everywhere mm -hmm. and through this marsh and there are creeks and a lake and it's a white out you know we can see maybe 10 feet in front of us totally lost the trail and we're just wandering around trying to find the parking lot and um we're in a row and my husband and the dog are in the front and then my father-in-law and then me and my father-in-law like screams and disappears and so it turned out we were actually going across a snow bridge over a creek and oh my god he punched through and went into the creek up to his waist and so I drop down to my hands and knees and I'm crawling, trying to get across and not fall in. But I punched through and went in up to about mid calf into the creek and, but was able to then kind of scramble and pull myself out. And I, we all got together and we were just like, boy, this is, <laughs> this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we should stop walking around and getting ourselves more lost and just find some shelter and, hunker down for the night so mm -hmm. we found some trees that were up sort of out of the water and hunkered down under those and tried a bunch of stuff we had waterproof matches and we could get those lit but there was nothing dry enough to burn and oh, wow. all this stuff and you know brad's dad was wet up to his waist in a pair of jeans <laughs> Jeez. and uh, it got down to 10 degrees that night and Brad had a pair of dry long underwear in his pack and I had a pair of dry wool socks in my pack. So we got Brad's dad out of his stuff and into the hose and then sort of laid down with the dog. Um, we used the dog as a pillow and that's why I still have a nose and ears and mm. <laughs> uh, hands in the armpits and the jacket. So I still have fingers, but um, through more poor decision-making, I actually ended up barefoot at one point during the night and got severe frostbite all on both feet and up my leg part way. And mm. so next morning search and rescue pulled us out and I spent... How did they get How So they... Brad's mom knew where we were. Well, at least you guys made that good we decision. We did that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just want to Yeah. I'll come back to it, but I want to yeah. talk about like what if you're you know, because, you know, they talk about, you know, what is this thing that causes like some of these bad decisions? And it's partly because of like when these extreme things happen, it just, it, you know, what was that pressure like that? It, and what were the bad decisions, I guess, as I'm curious about. But yeah, so the main bad decision, I would maybe still have toes. Um, mm. 
So first of all, when you get hypothermic, and we were all hypothermic, our body temperatures had lowered That's, enough. Yeah, exactly. Where um, your body kicks into survival mode. So it takes all the blood and tries oh. to keep your vital organs, which are just heart and lungs, mm. alive. Which means your brain is getting very little blood, and mm. so you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Is like, there's like a thing. There's a reason why you yeah. probably weren't able to make such, you know, calculated decisions. Yeah. Like at a certain point, your body is in panic mode, yeah. or not panic, but survival mode, which is like, yeah, it's just literally trying to keep my heart and lungs like, going so that my body will technically be alive. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you really become stupid, and so. We did do a lot of things, right? You know, we stayed in one place. Somebody knew where we were supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. Keep in mind, this was 2001. We didn't have cell phones, and they wouldn't have worked up there anyway. Um, and so during the night after we had already kind of settled in and were getting stupid, I was like, boy, you know, my boots filled with water earlier. They're <laughs> freezing. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to take wet clothing off when you yeah. get wet? And we were all like, yeah, definitely. And we had to even use a pocket knife because my laces were frozen solid. Oh my um, God. So we cut those with a pocket knife and got off my boots and my socks. Great. But <laughs> that's that was all I had. Yeah. So we tried a couple things to keep them warm. Um, I tried putting them up my husband's shirt, but that was letting a ton of cold air up his shirt and lowering his body temperature even more. And um, we were already lying on our backpacks to give us a little insulation from the frozen ground. And, you know, the dog was keeping my head and face warm. Although in hindsight, I probably could have done that with the hood and just put my feet under the dog. But what we ended up with was because my jacket had a good hood, I took my ski cap off and put that over my feet because mm. it was dry. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't keep your feet real warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can so, yeah. And at some point, so I was also bouncing my legs all night to try to keep some circulation in them. Mm. And so at some point during the night while I was doing that, it knocked the hat off and I just didn't recognize. You didn't even feel it probably because yeah. they were already so numb. Right. Right. Like I literally couldn't feel yeah. my feet. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Um, so yeah, I ended up barefoot overnight, 10 degree weather. Um, and my feet basically froze solid. Um, so the night before, Brad's mom had called search and rescue, said they didn't come back. There's a blizzard. Here's where they're hiking. Here's the car they have, which is exactly what you need to do. Mm -hmm. They sent an officer up that night to the parking lot, which at that point was a pretty small parking lot. Mm -hmm. He drove through the parking lot in the whiteout and didn't see our white car in the parking lot because it was snowing that hard. Oh my God. Came down, said their car's not in the parking lot anymore. So, oh my God. They got off the mountain. They probably just went in a ditch somewhere because there aren't any cliffs or anything on the side of this road. He just said, yeah. you know, they probably just went into a ditch somewhere and we'll find them in the morning. <coughs> and so in the morning, they drove up when the weather cleared and saw our car. And, <laughs> wow. Yeah sent in the cavalry yeah. and then um i was in the hospital 10 days and as they tried to stabilize frostbite as it's happening no pain as mm. you're freezing it oh is oh my god totally painless like i was in no pain all night yeah um as soon as you thaw incredible pain um so i was on morphine for three months 
wow. trying to manage my pain. Um, after the 10 days in the hospital, I was sent home with a wheelchair and a nurse came twice a day and checked my bandages and my meds. And I saw a doctor once a week and I very much had a wait and see mentality because I wanted to keep as much of my feet as I could. Of course. Yeah. Um, when I first got to the hospital, they apparently told my family that I might lose my feet. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, nobody told me that. I didn't need to know that at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so, God. I can imagine. That's um, because, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. The thing with, like, yeah, medicine is, like, they always have to give you, like, yeah. the worst case scenario. And it's just, like, <laughs> so intense. But sorry. I didn't need you to please know. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then it reached a point where um, I had put off surgery long enough. One of my toes was actually starting to be loose. And oh, kind yeah. of wobble on my foot. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I think I found my line. Like, I can't have a toe fall off at home. <laughs> that's, that's my hard no. Yeah. <laughs> like, so went in, did the first surgery, and they um, amputated all five toes on my right foot um, down to the knuckles. And then on my left foot, I kept my big toe, my fourth toe and my pinky toe eight toes mm. well during the surgery they discovered that my big toe actually didn't have enough to survive mm. but i hadn't signed consent to have that toe amputated mm. so i had to go back in next surgery and i was left with my two toes mm. they're little survivors yeah they're the survivors <laughs> they got each other they have each <laughs> other oh man you can't leave one toe interesting fact interesting yeah i guess if it was the big toe you probably could but if it's one of the smaller toes it's uh too much strain and pressure on the toe and i even do this you catch it on stuff all the time and oh, yeah. like <laughs> it's uh, yeah because i actually did um my fourth toe on my right foot survived or might have but but you can't just you leave the single one by can't itself just leave otherwise that guy sticking out there by himself he's just too dangerous yeah oh wow yeah so I started parkour with no toes. Um, and that's, I mean, we probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just so legendary. <laughs> 40 year old no, yeah. with two toes and became, you yeah. know, just this absolute. So sorry, I don't want to yeah. cut you off, but the, that is just such an incredible story. Yeah. And it is, we're so glad that you kept, you know, your, yeah. your two toes and the rest of your feet. Yeah. And then me too. <laughs> what is it? What is like, so then it was three months of just excruciate while well, you had some morphine, but it was just pain yep. thawing out. You had the surgeries yep. and then how, how did your recovery, um, kind of leave you? In, yeah. And then when you found parkour, how was it kind of like adapting your style, I guess, a yeah. little bit to, to, um, your, to your foot? So all through the three months leading up to my surgeries, um, they, I was, I was just on the couch, on the bed or in a wheelchair and, mm. um, I could use a walker to go like to the bathroom. <laughs> mm. Um, and so went from being in sort of my peak physical shape at 26 to like, you know, and not in shape at all. <laughs> and the whole time my parents and I, and everybody kept saying to my amazing doctor, you know, like, what's this going to look like when she's done? What kind of physical therapy we're we looking at? You know, what are the limitations going to be? And 
bless him, he just kept saying, uh, she's young and athletic, she'll be fine. And I, who knows what combination of that being true and me hearing him say it with authority. That placebo is yep. powerful shit, man. It really is. Whatever. Thank you, doctor. Yep. Seriously. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to be fine. Like, mm. <laughs> so I came out of it. Um, and not that it was placebo, like you're saying. Who knows how much of that yeah. is just like, that's just what that's the facts. Yeah. But and it, I'm a. Clearly you were. Yeah pretty positive glasses half full sort of person too mm -hmm. so um it was just going to be fine that, that's mm. all there was to it <laughs> so started slowly getting back into hiking again had a real mental struggle about whether or not i wanted to get back into hiking again because it was big and scary i can imagine yeah. especially like in the winter months or if yeah. there's any like <laughs> oh my god yeah um and after you've had hypothermia you tend to get really cold really easily for a while oh, so there was a period of time where i was just cold all the time your body's like <laughs> yeah on alert <laughs> so um then my husband was gonna go climb rainier up in washington and i decided i wanted to do it with him and if i was gonna do that i really had to get in shape because mm. um, that's a much bigger multi-day thing for people like us Speed records are less than a day, but we're not that people. <laughs> so um, started seeing a personal trainer and it turned out the one thing I couldn't do at that point was a squat because it just, my balance was completely off. Hmm. Um, but worked with him, quickly got squats back, doing squats, built up my ankle strength, went to Rainier. We didn't summit, but it was a weather thing, not any physical limitation on my part mm -hmm. and literally from there kind of never looked back like wow. just kept hiking and and that yoga. was how long after Rainier the... was probably could have been as much as five years after the accident because yeah. we had two kids in that time period also so oh, wow. <laughs> we had been a little busy <laughs> <laughs> clearly yeah i mean that's amazing yeah though i mean if the kids and the being able to yeah. to get you know, and we did go maybe two years after that. My husband will be dying if he listens to this because he <laughs> knows dates like exactly. And I'm it like, was... oh, I don't know. Was, I think it was the 2000s. <laughs> we went to Africa and I did climb Kilimanjaro and summited Kilimanjaro. Ooh. Yep. And uh, did a hundred mile just a few years ago. I did a hundred mile trek around the base of Mont Blanc in France. Oh, wow. So it's a hundred miles to hike around the base of it. So did that um the real answer is i have no idea what it's like doing parkour with toes yeah i think it's easier <laughs> <laughs> i have a deep-seated belief that it's easier <laughs> i would second that <laughs> I would, i'd bet on it yeah um my favorite gym two-toe story is um one day i was in the gym and I was literally just, it was a mellow day, so I was just doing laps on the lower rails, um, practicing balance and not really paying much attention to other things. And then I was in the lobby talking to whoever was at the front desk and there had been a dad in the gym observing his little kid who was new to parkour. And he came out and he said, I got to tell you, I'm just blown away by your balance. I was watching you balance up there <laughs> and you do not use your toes at all. Like you're just balancing away and you're not even like using your toes to grip the rail. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. That is true. Yes. I balance without the use of my toes. <laughs> Astute observation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, again, back to that, my nature and competitive nature, I'm really competitive with myself. Mm. And so in a good way, you can have that and it can be negative. But mine's always just served to push me. So... I always kind of have to prove to myself that I can do, you know, Mm. stupid things like lie on my back with a piece of PVC pipe between my legs and roll over and not have it fall off. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Using my toes to keep it on my feet. So (laughs) it is, it's a big part of who I am. Um, You can't go through something like that without having it change you. Yeah, I mean... It's incredible. I just think that whole story is just so powerful. I mean, the fact that you came back from, you know, that wild experience yeah. and were, was able, I mean, it's really beautiful too that uh, you and Brad stayed together through that whole thing, I think, um, you know, just, yeah. and, you, and you, now you continue to hike and you continue to summit mountains yeah. and you're, and, and then you find parkour and, yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole discipline is basically on your feet, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah, it just makes your story just so so powerful, I think, because, you know, I, I, I would never have thought someone would be capable of the things yeah. you're capable of without, you know, the the, the full foot or whatever, you know. Yeah, but you it hear clearly... stories all the time about, like, people lose toes and they, like, just fall down walking. And, like, that has so not been my yeah, experience. It, it, I don't think that's yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't this dude in the gym that apparently could see th- something. But, like, I, I would never know <laughs> that you didn't have um all toes you know just based on the way you train yeah Yeah. it seems it's funny because all my coaches know Mm -hmm. but because of who i am and they've known me so long they always forget yeah like it's just not something we talk about or think about and every now and then we'll be doing something and i'll be like you know i think i'm struggling with this because of the no toes and they'll be like (sighs) oh right (laughs) oh man i totally forgot about that Yeah, it's easy to forget seeing you move for sure. (laughs) Very easy, but yeah, it's that's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, clearly, you know it. I mean, that must have brought something out of you, like you said, it changed you, and oh my gosh, it made you so strong. It seems like I mean, maybe you just always were that strong, but it's just to to come back from all that. It just it makes sense now in some ways, like that how you were able to again blaze this trail for women and for older you know yeah. <laughs> folks in parkour um because that's not an easy w- path to walk i don't think but you make it look easy oh so. thank you i'm having fun doing it so yeah that's, that's the important yeah. thing <laughs> yeah that's good yeah um it's been an interesting and it's funny i actually love that you rec- i love that you recognize that it's amazing that our marriage survived that because yeah. we have been married a year um brad blamed himself for the accident because he was the most experienced person in our group Although it was all of our fault. We all made mistakes along the way. Yeah, I can imagine that would be tough. We made a decision, sort of like how I made the decision that this was going to make me stronger. Mm. Um, We made a decision that it was going to make our marriage stronger. That we were going to, and some days you say that and you don't necessarily feel it, but you're saying it. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) you say it enough, just like my doctor's saying, she'll be fine. Um, I, I do think there's a lot to that positive thinking, but we really did use it 
to make us stronger. And, you know, by year two, we, it felt like we had been married like a decade because we had been through this huge mm. trauma together and used it to solidify us. And it sort of really puts into perspective a lot of like, who didn't do the dishes? Like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm we'll sure. figure it out. It'll be fine. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, that is that is so beautiful. And that is, I, I love that you just say we just decided that it was going to make us stronger. Yeah, because that's something that is super empowering to anyone listening. I think it's just like choose it. Yeah, you know, if you want, you can just choose that path for yourself and for your your partner or for whatever it is. Yeah, and it's not like. going to be easy necessarily. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think that's important to, that you make that caveat as well. And especially, I like the way you said it's just you don't even always feel that way, but if yeah. you keep saying and choosing it, then yeah, and then it, it has blossomed it seems like or it very quickly blossomed after that into yeah you know what this relationship is yeah no i think we have an amazing marriage for us it wouldn't work for everybody but like Hmm. that's your thing is you have to find your person who i always used to say that everybody has issues you just have to find somebody whose issues work with yours (laughs) Mm -hmm. we have found a way to get our (laughs) issues to work together um we're both really independent. So, you mm-hmm. know, he has his big hobby that I don't do a lot of. Mm-hmm. And I have my hobby that he does none of. And But we have our life together and we have our kids and, you know, mm-hmm. that thing to come back to each day. And that's been awesome for us. So That's awesome. Yeah. And he has a book about this whole journey, right? Yes. That you talked about. It, it, yeah. If anyone wants to, like, yeah <laughs> like I'll, I'll put it in the description or whatever i mean i don't yeah. know i'd be curious if it um yeah if, if people want to to dive deeper into that journey and, yeah. and and how that story you know you told me you were going on tour once with him and, yeah. and talking about it so <laughs> um so it started for a long time we didn't really talk about the accident um mm-hmm. i did with a therapist but we just didn't like seek out talking to people about it but after some time and distance had passed and we were like, boy, there really are a lot of lessons that can be learned from all of this, whether it's mountaineering safety or just, you know, mm-hmm. coming overcoming obstacles or things like that. Um, Brad sat down and wrote a book that really covers the accident and his journey into mountaineering. Um, it's called Exposed Tragedy and Triumph in Mountaineering. And uh, through that, um, I was actually in Backpacker Magazine once as one of the featured survivors Mm -hmm. Uh, i was on colorado public radio told my story i um have been we've done a number of things on the news about mountaineering safety it's a real passion of ours and with that every we haven't made a lot of money with the book it's not like a national bestseller (laughs) but we have donated 100 percent of the money we've made from the book to um mountaineering nonprofits, and the majority has gone to the team that rescued us because they are a nonprofit team made mm. of people who literally wow. volunteer to leave their job when they get the page and wow. go that's find awesome. people. So, yeah. That's incredible. Trying that, to help them out. <laughs> yeah. 